I will. So I graphologically will. speaking, Fierro success is found in the lower loops of letter Y or G. When instead of going and completing the loops, when the loop starts drooping down, so you want you make a circle, but the the loops droop down. So at the end of it, they do not touch the neck of the Y, but at at the middle of it, it starts turning downwards. So that's what the stroke formation looks like. So you know the rate at which you are uncovering, unraveling me. I think I will go back to typing. So. <laughs> <laughs> so much for joining me one more time on the absolutely right podcast india's first graphology based podcast show i'm your host aditi surana i'm a behavior linguist and a high performance coach on our wednesday episode we invite some amazing individuals some high performers some you know path breakers and try and decode their personalities and their success formula we try and understand what makes them so successful by decoding their personalities their behaviors and by understanding why they think the way they do obviously with the help of the questions that i ask them and using graphology or handwriting analysis so if you're new to this subject if you're new to this podcast all you got to do is grab your own handwriting sample and like most people if you don't have it just write a few lines so that when i analyze a guest and talk about the traits you can find if you have those success traits in your writing or not as simple as that our guest on the show today is mr anil nayar with 25 years of experience in advertising he is the ceo of vml yr india the leading ad agency in the country now when he describes brands he talks about them like people and i love the fact that he talks about people's stories the way he understand brands that correlation i don't think i ever had in my mind so there were many many anecdotes in the conversation many ways in which he understood people understood brands and the life lessons that he learned running this business and being a high performer that he is I cannot wait for you to listen to this interview. Make sure that you have your handwriting sample ready. So as I talk about his behavior, you can analyze yourself and discover some interesting aspects. Let's get started. Hi Anil, welcome to the Absolutely Right Show. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing, Aditi. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm so happy to meet you and all the elephants on your shirt. For which, like, by like the way. <laughs> <laughs> for which our producer and anil both insisted that i change and i wear the, the the outfit with elephants too for our listeners who cannot see it but yes i will let's address the elephant in the room right away my joke but i'm going to let other people okay it. fine <laughs> go ahead crack that one i thought you might miss it so i didn't want to miss that one it was good so anil um you know when we were talking yesterday before the conversation we asked you too many questions about why this career what got you here and today on a in the on the show we're going to explore exactly that and we want to know you know as a leader as a person in this field which is ever changing extremely stressful how do you manage to stay on the top of your game and how do you continue to perform and question the norms and keep pushing you know your own limits to to go ahead so my first question to you is did you know as a child that you would choose something like this as a career which is so creative and you know offbeat in a way fantastic uh, aditi before i uh, answer that i just want you're the first graphologist that i am meeting and okay. therefore uh, you know like in life you you do new things so this is a new thing that i'm doing which is sitting down and talking to a graphologist and nice 
hopefully being coached by one and walking away from this meeting with learning so i'm i'm very very excited to be here on your show so thank, thank you, you. Thank for you. choosing me uh coming to the question that you asked and it's got two parts to it Aditi, which is when i grew up uh, we didn't have too much of career counseling and stuff like that you know we uh, uh, like I've heard in places, there's something called Brahminical restraint. And at those times, you know, people <laughs> just kind of grew up and every parent wanted their children to get some kind of a paying profession. And those days, the paying profession was either medicine or engineering. I also remember at some point that I wanted to be a chef. And I, I, I remember just, uh, you know, bringing this up with my parents. But, you know, for them, the list was uh, medicine, engineering, and if odd, uh, administrative services at, at that point of time okay but that's where things get interesting today you know you you have a graphologist and and and, it, and a graphologist is mainstream now uh, when i speak to younger people today there are like thousands sure, and thousands of sure. professions and vocations and interests and, and 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 stuff like that which is interesting which at our point we didn't have but but what is interesting as a learning here is the fact that if there is a DNA within you, if there is every, I, I genuinely believe that every human being has a superpower, you know, and no matter big, tall, short, you know, able, unable or whatever you are, I think every human being has a superpower. And as a leader, uh, one of the things I consciously do is look out for that superpower. So okay. in my case, I, I feel that, you know, maybe there was a superpower within me, which tended to creativity. But uh, uh, due, uh, you know, due to the constraints of the time, I did my. I was nearly going to do dentistry. Then I did my uh, biomedical engineering. From there, I did my MBA. But okay. you know, your superpower in some way guides you to eventually where you want to be, and 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 led me to the business of uh, absolute joy, which is creativity and which is advertising. Where, uh, like I was telling you yesterday, every day is a new day. Right. Every day is a new challenge in that sense. And I think my journey of creativity is not over yet. I, I just feel like I was telling you yesterday that I've picked up my uh, my old uh, hobby of caricaturing and, and sketching. So I'm going to do that. I don't know whether you can see, but I just got for my birthday, I got gifted a piano. So I've, I'm, oh. I'm back to, oh, you nice. know, so uh, and I also know my eventual goal, which is uh, uh, I I, I I wish to direct at least one film and uh, I would have to have pleasure of around, you know, a few people sitting in the audience and if I can kind of alter their emotion in some way, make them laugh, cry or, or... so though I have a full-time job, there is still so much to do and achieve. This is so interesting. Like, uh, you know, when I decided to become a graphologist, my father freaked out. A South Indian father that I had, he genuinely believed that I should become an engineer because he thought I would do very good with whatever logic that he assessed in me. But I, I wanted to work with people. So I constantly kept putting up my case. And when I said the word graphologist, he said, what? What is it? Like, no, no, that's not happening. So I, by the way, had to leave my home to pursue my career. So I agree that the superpower finds you and find, shows you the way ahead no matter how tough it looks or how difficult it becomes so okay. a little tip for all point. the parents out there and would-be parents which is uh, you know uh, keep an eye out for that superpower in your child oh, no. and uh fan it you don't have to do too many things but uh, you know at least give an avenue for the child to kind of to, to, to kind of express it but also Anil, what you're saying is they will find it any which ways you might as well help otherwise they will you know yes. fight you and they will go ahead and do what they have to do any which way yes 
Uh, they'll fight it or they'll they'll fight the system or you know or time to kind of get that done but uh, eventually it, it it does reach people how nice i like that yes. thought is super optimistic to think about it yes that's another you know if if, if uh, every human being is a brand and if every brand has got these brand pillars or brand muscles then one of them is optimism and uh, i don't know why but uh, you know that's something that uh, maybe it's my upbringing or maybe it's the people that influenced me or the people that i saw around me but uh, i tend i tend to be like super optimistic as a person so i can't let you go with that thought you said if a person was a brand please explore that further how do you look at people as brands and and you know what do you mean by that so there are two things the opposite of brand is a commodity uh, you know uh, if you look at humankind in its in its largeness we are all we are commodities in the sense there's a, a 6 billion of us right and uh, but what happens is a uh, human resource as they say we're just human a resource as they say we just we are just a resource but as we grow up what happens is different influences start getting imprinted on you which is your your background your parents their education the places that you grow up the teachers that teach you stuff the people you learn stuff from the influences that you see whether you live like we i grew up in a two channel when i was in my early years of growing up you <laughs> had two channels on doordarshan today yeah. you have some 400 channels on tv which people don't watch and there are 4 million channels streaming at you from from youtube, YouTube and, and from instagram and all of that so all of this starts kind of influencing you and then slowly you know you start picking up values you start picking up traits you start picking up you know uh, mannerisms points of view attitudes and that distinguishes aditi from me you know though you you can even have two children from the same household but can grow up to become two different brands and i i i was the other day speaking a friend of mine is a professor invited me to speak to his class and they were there were a bunch of hr professionals and their question to me was like how do we build a brand how do we mm. you know uh, we as a professional builder brand and how do we you know because they are in the business of hr how do we tell people that you know we coach and mentor to build, to build brands of themselves so uh we don't have to go with that commercial way of brand building but to be aware of the fact that you are a brand and what what are your values what are your traits what are what's your mission what is your purpose i think it's an interesting exercise that i keep doing and i i i i, I mentor all the people who work with me to do as well I'm going to borrow this concept. I really like this. This is so nice because as a coach we talk a lot about, you know, knowing your purpose, going closer to who you are and being authentic with that idea. So what you're saying is exactly applicable or we can find comparisons between branding exercise for a company and yes. for an individual to identify who they are. Yes, yes. So interesting. So Anil, uh, I have your handwriting sample in front of me. We asked yes. you to write a paragraph on a blank unruled sheet of paper. and it's a paragraph so you have picked up a thought and you wrote everything that came to your mind i have a question after how many years did you write that's a very very interesting one uh, aditi because i used to be a prolific writer and writer in the sense i i used to carry a fountain pen for those people who don't know what a pen is <laughs> pen filled with ink and you had an ink pot and you you know so the lovely pens and and if you I also like the entire handwriting process and 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 playing with letters and stuff like that. And uh, you know, so you could you could you could have different pens and you could cut the edges of the nibs and then they would you know uh, right. calligraphy uh, different styles of calligraphy and stuff like that. And 
over the last 10-15 years, all we do is swipe right, swipe left, type and stuff like that. And very, very rarely other than signing a document, you know, do you end up, you know, writing something. And, True. and when you asked me to write, I was like cursing you a bit because I, <laughs> I had to go find a pen and a piece of paper. And then I was figuring out what to write. And then my hands felt a bit unsteady on, on, uh, on the paper. And then I was afraid of being judged. And, you know, I went back to my, my, my early memories of school, which is like, you know, what's my handwriting like this when I started oh. off? So I went through <laughs> one hour of pain, but then I started oh. enjoying it as, as, it, as, as the process went by. And which is why uh, I was quite curious to, to hear from you, you know, what's so after your... How many deep... years did you write? I've been writing on and off, but I think a paragraph of this nature, I yeah. think I'm, I'm writing after maybe, I don't know, 10 years or something. So. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> so the first thing that stands out when I look at your writing is the formation of long upper, upper loops and lower loops. And then let me explain what it means. The top part talks about the brain or intellectual activity, the bottom part, the lower zone talks about your everyday activities, your, you know, materialistic engagement. So in your case, the intellectual aspect is well defined. If an idea or project is not exciting, not challenging, not questioning you in some or the other manner, you would not be interested, you would find the quickest way to delegate it to someone and move forward. And that uh, very few people understand about you, very few people pay attention to because you do not give that impression easily. You generally keep your conversation light and don't talk to people about the actual pursuit that you have. And most of them are intellectual, intuitive, spiritual, if I may say, but moreover about life in a, in a, at a different level and not every day for sure. You know, Aditi, if you are not a graphologist who I know for the last two days, I would say that, you know, you're, you're, you're a bit of a, a magician because, uh, you know, just from simple handwriting, if you could ca ca gather that about me. Uh, but that's very, very true in terms of uh, uh, I, uh, I fancy myself, most of us are, so it's not about me, but as a, as a bit of a dreamer, I tend to daydream, I tend to go off on these little you know, uh, fantasy journeys of possibilities in that sense. And, 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 and what you spoke about, which is every situation, how do you kind of connect it to some other abstract situation, opening up a set of possibilities. And, and that is that little intellectual space that I enjoy. In that, that is your game. No matter where yes. the client is going, projects are going, your game is problem solving at that level. Yes. Yes. It's kind of also, um, non-linear isn't it like you tend to jump off the the whole conversation jump off whatever is happening go in your own world and come back seamlessly and come up with like you know 15 other ways or possibilities of looking at the same thing yeah so uh, i spoke to you yesterday about serendipity uh, you know so this other pillar that i have in my life is serendipity which is uh, Somewhere there is this little battle of, you know, uh, we as human beings, you know, are here by chance and we, we lead life by chance. And therefore, to structure and to go about things in a, in, a, in a very, very organized manner is a bit of an anathema to me. But thanks to serendipity, I also did engineering and engineering teaches you to, you know, think of things in boxes, in lines, in postulates, in, right. uh, in formulas and theorems and 
I, 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 you know, somewhere the creative person inside me, and there's always this little tensity between the right brain and the left brain. But in retrospect, I am grateful that I even got the experience to do engineering because it allows me to temper these flights of fancy. <laughs> so, so there's a book written by Deepak Chopra. Uh, I read it in 2004. It's called Synchro Destiny. So what you're talking about, he approaches the serendipity in, in life and nature with the logic of quantum physics. And yes. he comes up with complete ideation of, or is his uh, idea that he proposes there is, if you can find the pattern like that, you'll be able to create. So it's not only synchronicity, but synchro destiny. So you pretty much create your destiny by, by seeing these small patterns in your life. So it's just interesting. I think you would like it. Awesome. I think I'll read that book. Yes. So do you have any question for me before I go ahead? I do. I do. In fact, I want to start with a broad question, Aditi, which is, I last count, I believe you've spoken to some 150 or 180 leaders as part of this series itself. And these are people on at the top of the game. And these are people, you know, who literally, you know, are, are like, you know, the collective experience of these 150 leaders would, would be, you know, humongous. What is one common trait that you see amongst all these leaders? You know, because you've had a ringside view of, and then, and, that, and, and what are some of the uncommon things that, that, that so just a few common and uncommon. Okay. So, uh, you know, through our podcast specifically, we have had 75 leaders that we spoke with, but last 17 years I've been doing this. So, you know, there are a variety of people. So it's also like people who are extremely efficient and people who are extremely non-efficient that you come across and you keep seeing. So by the logic of negation, you also understand what works and what doesn't work, why this person is not successful. So your question is kind of, you know, covering both these grounds and I I really find it interesting. One of the most common things that I have found is the leader's ability to learn and reinvent himself or herself. And this awesome. is this is so wonderful because they are thrown into situations every single day and they look at the situation, they gauge it, and then they find a solution. So uh, it's also connected to ego. The leaders who have lesser ego, which means you know they're not vested in this whole idea of how cool I am and how great I am, then their performance goes much higher. So they then cater to the situation at hand. But leaders who yeah. are driven by what I already know and they're not willing to learn from the situation, then they close down the options and then they feel they are busy creating or recreating the success that they have already created in the past. So that's a big trap. So that's first. I feel the other thing which again and again seen is their ability to question things. So, you know, they they would pick up challenges even if nobody's asking them for they would look at a gap and they say, can we explore this gap? Can we question this, this particular norm? And people are like, but life is going on. Why do you have to do it? Correct. But because they go ahead and they do it, they land up moving the needle and they actually land up creating what they do. On the other side, the question that you asked, you know, what, what is a common yeah. thing with which people kind of fail in that sense? I feel the most common thing here is fear of failure where people don't want to fail. They want to have a perfect, predictable formula to move forward. And, you know, somebody telling them, do these three things and you will achieve the the success that you want. And I think we are trained in that 
that sense, you know, we are, you know, in our schools, in our colleges, in our MBA programs, we are trained that, oh, look at the case studies and replicate and copy this yeah. uh, document and paste it. And you will be able to achieve and replicate the results. You know, data supports this, research supports that. So people have forgotten what you were, you know, rightly saying, their touch with their own instinct, their ability to really play multiple possibilities in their heads and figure out what works in this situation. So that I feel we do not teach our kids or youngsters and thereby when they're thrown into the actual problems at life, they do not know how to react to it. So I believe awesome. that is the biggest yes. one. I was, I was looking at your writing and one of the things that I, you might not be aware of, but I want to talk about it looking at your writing is fear of being successful. I don't know how you, uh, how you uh, arrive at that. Uh... But the interesting thing is, uh, you know, I just believe that uh, there is the the external self that you project, okay, mm-hmm. and 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 that you kind of then build over time because those are the things that work for you. Right. And then there is the the inner you, which is in in a state of flux and turmoil all the time. Uh, honestly, I haven't given this much of thought, but I can assure you that if I dig a bit deeper. And uh, and I'm and I'm coming at it from a very very authentic perspective. Sure. So, on one hand, I have like in the eyes of the world, I think I'm moderately successful. But Highly on successful. the other, on the other hand, I think there may be what you just said a fear of being successful, and it can maybe go back to some real childhood trigger that I have, which is this fear of putting myself completely out there, or the fear of being judged. Uh, or I would, I would also describe the straight slightly different here. Uh, fear of success is also not being able to take the team that you care for or people that you care for at the same pace that you want to go. And when you feel that you have only two choices, either you run at the speed that you can or leave people behind, then you are choosing not to run because of you know all the people that you want to run with or take along. So I believe that the choice comes more from that perspective. Interesting, interesting. And these are standard challenges that most leaders face because uh, you know you uh, problems are not open-ended. Problems come with uh, expiry <laughs> dates in terms of you know you need to sort that problem out within a week or because you live in that kind of an environment. And- right. So graphologically speaking, fear of success is found in the lower loops of letter Y or G. When instead of going and completing the loops, when the loop starts drooping down, so you want you make a circle, but the the loops droop down. So at the end of it, they do not touch the neck of the Y, but at at the middle of it, it starts turning downwards. So that's what the stroke formation looks like. So you know the rate at which you are uncovering, unraveling me. I think I will go back to typing. So, <laughs> <laughs> oops, I thought you just fell in love with writing again. I don't want to scare no. you. <laughs> no, not at all. Not, no, I was just joking. So, another aspect of your personality which stands out, and you know, you also describe that how you like to write with fountain pens, and even when I look at the pressure of the writing is quite high. It talks about someone who loves sensory experiences. So anything that you pick up, any hobby or any experience for that matter, you believe a lot in discerning it to the highest degree possible. So you know how it is people who are who have acute sense of um, 
hearing. They can listen to different ragas and they can find the difference, which to a normal ear would be the same thing. But they know where the pauses were different and where the, the you know, there was, they, they have the ability to discern. And same people, with all five senses, people can have that. Some people can pick taste differently and they know the nuances and the difference. Similarly for you, there are more than more than one things for sure. And you know, I believe like it's a bunch of things that you indulge in where you take pride in discerning it to the T. Please tell us sure. what, are, what are your hobbies like? Well, that's an interesting one. And, and like I said, uh, you know, one of the pillars of my life is this density. This, and I believe that makes uh, you know my life richer, which is uh, it's not unipolar. It is not uh, unidimensional in the sense, as in there's always a bit of uh, tension going on between two opposing. So uh, coming to the sensory so, so piece. So explore this one a bit more. Tensity is a concept that you believe that one should have or you kind of, uh, you have it and you deal with it. Tensity makes life enriching in the sense okay. uh, it is, I'll give you an example. There is sweet and then there is sour and then there is Maggie sweet and sour. So the, <laughs> so the sweet and sour adds that bit of dimension to each other and, and makes it so well, only sweet me. and only sour won't be fun is what you're saying. The fact that only, they're together. Only that they're together and they are kind of, you know, and, and, and that's the sheer nature of this world as well. Everything that we look at in the absolute today is the fusion of something that, you know, over time that has happened. So the pizza wow. that you eat today or the books that you read today is all a fusion of somebody's thoughts, somebody's actions and, and stuff like that. And 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 if you start like I believe if you know if one starts looking at one's own life, you will find this future. So I'll tell you the density that exists in uh, in this uh, entire piece that you spoke about, which is uh, sensorial experiences. Uh, I love sensorial experiences. So be it be it music or be it food or be it anything that I do, uh, I I. I like you so rightly said, I uh, my mind tends to capture all those fine notes and stuff like that. I, I I'm 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 looking at the entire experience of being in the room, and it really helps me in meetings and stuff like that. So where and I know the twitch of an eyebrow, the the, the fan going on somewhere, you know, a, a little change in the energy of the room, you know, and it, and then especially in my business where I'm in the business of selling ideas, it helps me pivot, it helps me change, it helps me. Uh, move the dynamics of that particular presentation or who I'm kind of speaking to. So, so, so yes, I, 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 I enjoy this piece and it also creates a small little cocoon for, for myself. <laughs> One of the questions that, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you was, again, you know, derived from the leaders that you've met and stuff like that, which is, I believe that a leader is uh, known by the amount of leaders the leader can produce. Wow, you know, beautifully so, said. Uh, and, and 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 again, there is a bit of a uh, you know core uh, human uh, barrier there, which is fear and greed. You know, the mm -hmm. fear of creating more leaders of because of redundancy, and the greed, which is why should I share my knowledge with 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 other people because that's your currency in that sense. So, how does one deal with the dichotomy of that? Like we all do. And, and, and I genuinely believe that, uh, you know, you, your legacy that you create is the, the, the sheer amount of leaders that you can build around you and maybe people who are better than you. So uh, do you have any thoughts on that based on your interactions with other leaders? So one of the things that I, I came across and 
I really liked that thought. One of my teachers was talking about this and he said, it's about creating an environment where the garden can grow. Because no matter what you do, you cannot force a tree to grow. And he said, same with people. So many times people or leaders I've seen, they want to create leaders to leave a legacy, which is their ego trip. They want to do it because it's almost like how many, see how many leaders have I created in this organization. But when you create an environment with or without your knowledge, it keeps growing. And that requires consistent work and it requires more work than one can imagine to make sure that the environment is maintained. You know, like you create that culture which allows the the new leadership to come or people to grow or people who don't fit in to then leave without you getting affected by it. So that I feel if that is the objective to create an environment where people can grow and thereby the leaders of tomorrow, then it is slightly easier. But the very moment you take up upon yourself, then you might replicate your leadership style in other people. So one thing as a coach, they say you should always remember that every teacher should be wary of the fact that your student shouldn't get influenced by others, including yourself. So if, sure. if I enforce myself knowingly or unknowingly, then I will replicate that person and they won't be able to find their authenticity. And as a leader, you would agree with that, that being authentically yourself as a leader is way more powerful than following someone else's style. Sure. I think that's uh, truly, truly powerful, which is, uh, I think, half the problem with the world, which is... uh, you know, uh, because of lack of time, lack of resources, everybody is trying to fit people into a box as opposed mm-hmm. to the open source way of doing things or the old Gurukul system or whatever is a different system it, that was there is in tougher, the world. Which, right? which, is which is definitely tougher. tougher because you do require yeah. that level of engagement with people. And if you want to grow at the speed that we are demanded to grow, then we believe that that, that won't be possible. So I agree Correct. that it is not an easy task, especially keeping your targets in mind. Correct. Totally. The, the other aspect that I was talking about is where empathy is your fundamental nature of approaching any project. Unlike the taskmaster that you come across and your, your you know, subordinates may call you like, you know, he's a go-getter and all of that. But if you're looking at a product, if you're looking at a brand, if you're looking at a person, you first put yourself in their world. And it's important for you to do that when you kind of sense them who they are, how they think. And I'm not even saying understand them. It is not a cognitive process, but literally experience them for for their reality is where you start finding solutions, which is very rare. And I believe a large part of your success comes from the fact that you could empathize with the other person or their challenges or their life situation. And then you could see the gap where, you know, the advertiser in you could find a solution and or like the engineer in you could find that logic but very rarely people can empathize to the degree that you do and you do that naturally with or without your knowledge yeah no i i i I would tend to agree that empathy is a huge 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 trait uh, which is put yourself in the other person's shoes and uh and where that kind of helps is, you know, behind every client is a human being, you know, behind every client is nice. uh, uh, somebody who's, who's kind of got some challenges that, that he or she is trying to kind of solve for herself, for a brand, for a, for a company. Uh, behind every brand is a story, you know, there is an interesting story. And if we 
if you at least try and understand the story, I think uh, you know one is able to then fit your solution into that narrative and not just give a very staccato, uh, like an open and shut solution, which may look really, really good, but does not fit into the overall narrative because everything is a stream of consciousness. Uh, and when you look at it that way, then you, you want to kind of merge in with the story rather than try to kind of go in there and solve some problem. Right. And uh, it's like many, many times and, 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 and extremely you know, different situations, which is, uh, you know, a whole bunch of time I, I meet clients and, and, and on the face of it, they look like terrorizing or they look <laughs> like they have an agenda or they have, a, you know, the agency briefs me that, you know, these are people you can never get an idea through them. And once you scratch beneath the surface and when you look at them as human beings and when you look at them and when you imagine them as fathers and mothers and brothers and you know and when you uh, uh, when you change the the the, the 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 sheer nature of the conversation when you reframe the 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 engagement in that sense you know mm-hmm. uh, so the the tougher they are the 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 the, the, the more uh, what do you call the co-empathetic ones immediately reach out and you you kind of vibe and you connect and you create that certain but there are ones, you know, I, I just believe they have these uh, walls or barriers between them. And, and when I reframe that relationship, and may, maybe in such meetings, I don't even go and discuss work at first go. You know, the, I try and kind of change the tack of approaching them and maybe talk about their dog or their, you know, try and, try and, <laughs> try and create some kind of, uh, you know, a rapport. different way, a, a, a different kind of a rapport. And it always helps because the moment you you break those walls down and those people let you in, you 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 suddenly discover empathy and they empathize with you and you empathize with them and the relationship then is very very different. You know, most of us are stories. You know, in the sense, oh, like wow. Aditi is is wow. a certain kind, and then you already hear have heard that story, and you know, but that's not the story. There's another story, and there are not just one. There are there are hundreds of stories depending upon how person how how it's like uh, depending on the point of view on to you you know so okay. if i ask your family would be a different story your colleagues would be a different story and 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 maybe some it's not physically possible to read all the stories but at least knowing some few other stories can change your perception either of a person or a problem or a brand or a situation or, or whatever it is or you can look at their handwriting and know the true story totally and so <laughs> So that's that's the superpower that uh, you have and, and uh, saves you a lot of time of oh not my having God. to sit and listen to stories. I also believe advertising plays uh, has played a very, very important role in the evolution of society. It is almost like the in a world when there was no TV or there were lesser channels and stuff like that. It's always been at the at the forefront of human evolution as in terms of consumption in terms of uh, capturing trends in terms of communicating some of those trends it's sometimes following culture sometimes setting culture uh, and and at the end of the day uh, you know all goods in that sense is to better the human condition you know it's for us to it's it's part of evolution a phone a soap you know a refrigerator a television you know uh, i was uh, when I was growing up, there was no refrigerators. People found their own ways of of, of refrigerating, or they cook from day to day. Today, we oh, yeah, can kind yeah. of buy stuff, and and then and advertising has played a role in 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 kind of making life uh, easier in that sense. Making life easier, uh, you know, almost walking 
shoulder to shoulder with humanity as we've kind of gone through this amazing uh, path of evolution. And, and I can't think of a world without advertising. It would be really boring. After 25 years of being in this career, if you have to pick up a few life lessons that you think advertising has taught you, what would they be and why? Uh, interesting one. Uh, after being in this profession and, and the fact that, uh, you know, it's, it's been a bunch of amazingly strange people who've joined advertising. It's only been recent that you have a lot of these MBAs and people like that joining, but I've had dentists, I've had, really, uh, you know, yeah, you had all kinds of people, the misfits of the world joined advertising at some point of time. Right. And which made this a really, really interesting player, you know, place in terms of uh, the sheer experiences and the thought processes, you know, that, that kind of got uh, into the pot. But one thing advertising has kind of taught me is, uh, you know, uh, not to take oneself too seriously in the sense. And that's the sheer nature of the business. It's like if you ask Charlie Chaplin this question or if you ask somebody, you know, or Disney this question, the fact that he made, uh, so he made many animation, animation films and amusement parks. I don't think, I'm sure, I'm sure he took his business seriously, but he didn't take the purpose of life very seriously in advertising because we are splitting from project to project to project and someday, you know, you're selling... Uh, baby soap while on the other day you're selling <laughs> cattle feed you know uh, uh, one thing it taught me is not to take myself seriously and the fact that you know uh, life is transient the second lesson again it's connected to the first lesson which is don't forget your inner child because I just believe that uh, most of us get into this little adulting mode and then you know we get so serious about this adulting mode that we tend to forget that at the core of it at the origin of it there is a child Okay, and there is a child inside each one of us and it's a child that kind of allows you to play, uh, mm-hmm. allows you to question, allows you to be curious. And I, I marvel at, you know, when I go see my cousins and my nephews and, you know, new, newly born and I look at them and then I look at us and I feel like, uh, you know, I, I feel mm-hmm. there is a sense of freedom. There is a sense of, there is a sense of almost, you know, that uh, uh, curiosity and passion and, and, and the pleasure of discovery. And we are the same them. You know, we, we were that, we were that, and, and yes, there are, there are a lot of adult things to do, which is important, but at the same time, I believe once in a while, like meditation and going and being in touch with your inner child, I think really helps. Because, so, what uh, so what you're saying is yeah. not let adulting spoil you completely, scar not you in just ways. Adulting, my point is those are all little signals that you're sending to your brain. And I just believe that, you know, we are amazing when we are born and then we start degenerating. And, and then at some point, you know, it's, it's we who are doing it to ourselves. If you, if you play, if you, if you do mad things, if you laugh a bit, if you, if you, if you play the fool, uh, and if you do those <laughs> things, I think you can break the, the, the degenerative process a bit. I can't agree with you more. So before I, I conclude today's episode, I have to request one thing. You have to commit and tell us, Anil, when you're going to start writing. Uh, yes. So, like I said, <laughs> I, I, I know I've that invested. was not expected, but I. <laughs> no, no. So this is what I did. I invested in, in in a book. So I don't know whether it's writing or whether it will be sketching, but uh, I've, but, I've invested. Yeah. No, but the I way you come s- up with your anecdotal stories and your observations and those you know keen, acute things which otherwise are missed, and they're poetic in the, in their own sense. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing 
how you have the you know the, the different approach to look at very very mundane everyday things so that's yeah. why i'm asking you please tell us and i'm asking you publicly when would you get to writing <laughs> seriously <laughs> i know the only thing is uh, i think i'm a better storyteller than a writer so okay. <laughs> you know uh, maybe and i, I saw this really amazing uh, dying trait in morocco which is the the art of uh, storytelling oh, so they okay. would they would sit in these cafes and there would be these uh, storytellers that is storytellers passed on from generation to generation and they would have a bunch of 20 30 people and these guys would be really be good at storytelling it's a dying form uh, you you have various versions of this before uh what do you call instagram feeds and all these new fangled <laughs> things have mm-hmm. totally destroyed the vibe but uh yeah i i love like i said i i love narrating i love telling stories so maybe so there's from, something to be had there yeah uh, your what you're destined to do or your superpower that you have inside you which every human being has uh, i believe will come out in some form or the other and that was i think the beginning of our conversation what you said was so powerful that people eventually will find it so if you can make the process faster for yourself or for your kids for people around you by creating the environment that would be amazing so that people connect okay. with themselves and i believe that's like the happier way of going about it that's the only way if you are living with your own passion and the superpower is the only way to be happy totally Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was a wonderful experience, and I personally learned so many things. Thank awesome, you. Awesome, but I just want to say one thing, and not because I wanted to have the last word. Uh, I was a little skeptical of things, like you know, I, I really didn't know what to kind of expect. But I'm really, really grateful, and uh, I would like to maybe at some point, you know, get to know this more in terms of how how is it that you know the, these little things, squiggles and stuff like that, could throw up some more. But I've I've learned a lot. uh from this as well and a few key key learning so very very happy to have done this with you and and thank you, thank you so very much great thank talk you thank so you much. yes what was your key takeaway there were so many moments in this conversation where he gave those anecdotes and he spoke about people as multiple stories and you know there were smaller observations which i feel can be transformational you know i have seen this in people when they engage with life and they do what they love to do they also start experiencing life through the work that they do so if you are the lucky one if you are doing something that you love to do then make sure that you find ways of engaging with that experience more and more by involving all your senses i think this conversation about involving five senses in your each and every experience is something that we spoke recently on one of our friday episodes so do check that out if you want to know you know how can you challenge your brain or your mind or your emotions in that sense you can join india's first mental and emotional gym that we run on a weekly basis called apt if you want to know more about it the link is aptforme.com apt is an abbreviation for aspire perform and transform so aptforme.com is the link that you want to check out where we speak about how you can train your mind and your emotions on a daily basis like a physical workout or gym that you join you also require mental and emotional workout so that is a space where you will find so many tools for you to keep yourself activated and trained in that area If you want to know more about yourself and people around you with the help of graphology and see how this magnificent fascinating subject can really lead to solving the biggest problems that you have 
then you can join a graphology masterclass the link and information is available on aditisurana.com so if you go on the website you'll find the details i'll see you on friday with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing mm-hmm.